Well, good morning. Friday morning. Welcome to Let's Open the Bible. Russ and Gavin here this morning. Good morning, Gavin. Good morning. It is the end of the week. You have survived. It is uh, uh, a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hopefully you have a church family, a church home that you make plans to regularly attend this coming weekend. But for the here and the now, hopefully you're getting your day started off by feasting on the Word of God and we're just here to help you with that. We've been talking about Advent the last couple of weeks, and this week in particular we've been talking about peace. And today we're going to talk about Quorum Deo. I'm going to let uh, our theologian Gavin uh, get into a little bit more of that. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and open this with a word of prayer, and then uh, Gavin's going to read a, a passage to us. And uh, are you all set over there? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your love and grace that we don't deserve, nor can we earn. Lord, uh, you are peace, and Father, you sent the Prince of Peace to become our peace, Lord, that we may enjoy peace with you for eternity. So Lord, we praise you, we, we thank you, we love you, and Father, we just want to know more about you and how we can serve you and, and glorify you in every way that we can. So I, I pray, Father, that the words of our mouths here today, the meditations of our hearts here today uh, would glorify you and honor you uh, and that you'd be well pleased. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So we are in Romans 12, uh, starting in verse 17. And Coram Deo is, is a, a phrase I've picked up. Along the way, it is not my own, uh, but it means in the presence of God that that in light of what we have learned, especially in or particularly this week, we've learned about peace, and we've gone to Scripture. So, in light of the truth that we have heard in Scripture, we are to live coram deo, which is in the presence of God, so uh, under the authority of God to the glory of God. And coram deo means in the presence of God or before the face of God. So, in light of the truth that we have learned this week particularly on peace, how now should we live? What should that look like practically? And the way that, that I try to preach is to exalt Christ, lift him high up. And then um, when people understand that he is far more beautiful than I can ever communicate, but that he is beautiful and worthy to be praised and worthy of all worship and worthy of everything that we have. Okay, now that we believe that after what we have learned of him, how should we live? And then some practical application of that. The, the, the biggest part of my messages usually are on uh, line by line, word by word, even uh, approach to scripture, lifting up Christ. And then the very last little bit is, okay, now that you've heard that, what are we going to do? So quorum Deo. Uh, Romans 12, 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. So good. You know, it's funny. Um, oftentimes I hear this, this passage, uh, you know, for in so doing, you heap coals of fire on his head. I hear, I hear that used in the reverse of its intended 
purpose. It's almost like vindictive. Right. Yeah. If you're nice to them, God will get them. Yeah. Right. That's not. Get them, God. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you be nice so that God gets them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what it means. So uh, you want to just walk us through it? So I, I love, uh, you mentioned How Then Shall We Live. It reminded me of the Francis Schaeffer book. If, you, uh, if you're if you listening to this and you haven't read the Francis Schaeffer book, How Then Shall We Live, let me just commend that book to you. A uh, very good book to read. Uh, but but I, I love, so Quorum Deo, have, having heard what we've heard, knowing what we know about God and holiness and and uh, and Jesus and why he came and what he did, how should we live? Well, it begins by uh, not repaying evil for evil. In fact, Jesus said, command one is to love the Lord your God. Command two, which is like the first, is to love others the way you love yourself. Well, love does no harm. Right. So repay no evil for evil. In other words, you turn the other cheek. Somebody does something, they ask you to walk a mile, you go the extra mile. Seemed like uh, I heard... Uh, uh, a famous prophet say that, right? Uh, you know, we 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 do not return evil for evil. If Joseph had done that, where would we be today? Joseph or Jesus? Joseph. Well, I mean, you know, he he had to go to the pit as as the type of Christ. Yes, Jesus had to go to the cross. Yes, and from the cross, though he had been despicably treated, horrifically treated, spit on. I mean, just every manner of evil. He said, Father, forgive them. And and what a perfect example of the beginning here, verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Right. I, you do not understand the gospel if let me let me recognize something first. This is repaying evil for evil, right? That means that evil was done to you. There are times that we get angry when actually it's just on us. We, we, we are angry with no real reason. And I have been there personally. I've been the person and I've been there when people are telling me the account of something. And they're like, well, can you believe that somebody did this to me? And I'm thinking, you, they didn't do a thing wrong. You right. are absolutely wrong. But that's not what Romans 12 is talking about. Romans 12 is talking about when somebody has done something to you that is wrong. Right. Don't repay them according to th that way. And in fact, I don't think you understand the gospel if that's your mindset. An eye for an eye. Like, I'm going to get you. Lex Talionis. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. That law, right? Um, and so you go, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will uh, also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses, uh, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. You don't understand the gospel if you're not forgiving other people, if you're repaying people, if you're, hey, you've done wrong to me, I'm going to do wrong to you. That's, that's, that is God's prerogative. Vengeance is his, not yours. So what is our prerogative? Our prerogative is to seek their good. Yeah, and that's the next the next part of this is the you know the contradiction to not only are you not to repay evil for evil, you're to actually do good in the sight of all men, which includes those people that have done you wrong. Yes, Le legitimately done you wrong. You are to to do what is best for them. And some people say, okay, so if someone does evil to me, I'm supposed to like welcome them into my home. And well, it depends on what they've done. Maybe the best thing for them, maybe the most loving thing for them 
is jail time. And I know I've said that before on the podcast, that maybe the most loving thing for somebody is for you to love them enough to call the cops on them and put them in jail. Now, but if that comes from a heart of bitterness, a heart of envy and rivalry, a heart of hurt that you've been hurt and so you're going to pay them back, that's not your business. Your business is to do what's best for them that's according right. to God's word, always in every situation. Yeah, so 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 that enemy that has that has just abused you. If they ask for water, what what does this text compel us to give them? Water. Water. Well, they just were horrible to me. Yeah, you know how many times that we have rejected and rebelled against God? Mm. Too many to count. Yeah. And how many times does He forgive us? Seventy times seven, which is really just infinite. Yeah. Ad infinitum. Yeah, I, you know it's we want our pound of flesh so often when somebody does does us wrong and you know we see this oftentimes on the road i've had people um just come screaming by me letting me know i'm number one in their hearts <laughs> and uh you know but that's just that's so many people react they're we're such a reactionary people that when you know somebody does us wrong you know i want my pound of flesh and yet that is so contradictory to everything we know about christ Right, and and I know that this week I've really been longing to the to get to Coram Deo. How that now that we have been given this peace with God and with man through Christ, remember all that it took for us to be restored to shalom. The only thing that it took for us to be restored to an Edenic uh, place of shalom is what the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what it took. So now that we have that gift of peace, what must we do? And so, so maybe we, we just visit Ephesians 5 for a second. You talked about it. What should, a, what should a wife look like in light of the peace that she's been given in Christ? And Serve I, it. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, maybe, maybe we go to 1 Peter 3 instead. But, but I, want, I want to say this, that as we get into these passages— I heard a woman give a warning one time that she says, I hear a lot of you preachers talk about, you know, wives being submissive to your husbands and, uh, and w- what they call complementarianism, that men and women are absolutely and entirely equal in value, but they, they serve distinct roles, not one better than the other, not one more, you know, more important than the other or anything like that, but they deserve, uh, but, but we serve distinct roles. So as we talk about that complementary approach, if anybody feels like a second-rate citizen, men or women, we've kind of not communicated it well. That's right. And then the other part of that is if you are being abused. So she said, you know, you talk about this complementarianism, but you never tell us women what to do if you're being abused. Well, if you're being abused, uh, uh, call the cops. Yes. Uh, talk to your pastor for sure. Uh, if, it, if he just says, oh, well, it's no big deal or, go, you know, go back and endure it, I would say call the police. That's an example of loving someone, um, which may mean jail time. I love how, yeah, you brought us right back to that. Loving someone enough to look at your spouse and say, I love you enough right now. Because abuse abuse is nowhere on God's radar of good things. Like things to do, he never writes abuse. Uh, the contrary. In fact, tw- uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. There's nothing about abuse, so you know, and I and well, it's letting the sun set on your anger is allowing the devil to, yeah. to have not only a foothold in your life but rain on your heart. And and if your spouse is is that type of abusive, um, you know, there is a there is a time and a place to say, uh, 
you know, again, I, I care enough about your soul and, and I care enough about your children and I care enough about, uh, you, you know, your reputation and a whole bunch of other things that right now, this is the best thing I can do for you. And you take care of that. But, but let's look at the, the, the other, the, the other part of this. Go ahead. We're going to Ephesians five. Is that what you're, nah, I'm, no? I'm jumping all over the place. So we're going to go to first Peter, uh, first uh, Peter three. Uh, it says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Now, listen, again, I am not opening up uh, you up to abuse, but I am saying that now that you have this peace given to you by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, this is how you ought to look. You, you should be very peaceful with others and maybe even particularly with your husband. Well, my husband really struggles to tie his own shoes. I need to let him know how it is, uh, you know, and, and how he should be folding towels and how he should be doing this. I, I mean, listen, if I let him go out in the clothes he wants to wear, I mean, I need to set him straight. And I would say, listen, you're called to be peaceful, gentle, and quiet in spirit, right? Yeah. Where, where is the fruit of the spirit in, in, in all of those things? Right, right. right. Where, where's that peace? Right. And, and so, so, um, and, and, unless we neglect the, the husband's responsibility, um, and and you and anybody, please. I'm not trying to take things out of context. Keep reading, read and study. But in First Peter three seven, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Husbands, we should be outdoing one another and honoring our wives. Absolutely. Well, we're both called to be servants. Sure. You know, Christ was a servant. So, so let, let, let's go to Ephesians five and see the same thing play out. And I want to say this: uh, Do you? Do you love your wife perfectly? Perfectly? Oh, no. She would tell you I don't. Well, I would tell you you don't, and you would tell me I don't. And, and I you love, <laughs> what, what I love is that the Bible tells us that, that part of being in a, body, in a body of believers is to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Right. That it is right for us men to get together and provoke one another to love our wives better, to honor our wives more, to hold them up. You know, he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and she should be treasured above priceless uh, rubies and, and, and gems. She should feel and be treasured, yep. not not as an idol. She is not to, she is not to usurp God's place in your heart, but she should know that she is valued. And sometimes us men emphasize the other part. Well, you know, I'm the head of this household, and and that's a responsibility, not a place of dominion. Jesus showed us what that looked like in, in that um, um, humble servant role uh, with responsibility, no doubt. Um, but, but Ephesians five, let, let, let's look at this quickly and see. So Ephesians five twenty two, wives submit to your own husbands. This is quorum Deo in light of the peace that you've been given in light of that restoration being restored in light of, uh, let's go back to the garden of Eden. And I, I may be getting myself into all sorts of trouble with this, but in the garden of Eden. So, so Adam was given, uh, you know, he was the head of the woman. Again, that is not a place of abuse. That is not a place of, 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 you know, power hungry authority that is a place of responsibility to provide and to protect for your wife right and he's been given this place the, the devil comes on the scene and he speaks to eve he usurps the authority of god and of the man and he speaks directly to the woman and then the man instead of protecting her he stands back and lets the devil talk to his wife he's no longer being the the good husband that provide protects his wife from all sorts of evil uh and and he lets the devil you know he's there with her the bible tells us that he lets the devil talk to her and then god comes on the scene and god doesn't go to the woman the devil went to the woman god goes to 
Adam man. first. Yeah. And then Adam does even, he doubles down. He throws Eve under the bus. Instead of saying, yes, it's my responsibility. I, I, I let my wife down. I neglected her. I didn't treasure her. I was a horrible husband. He just, it's the woman that you gave me. He throws God and the woman under the bus. That's right. So, that woman um, you gave me. Yeah. So, uh, so in light of this piece, this shalom that's been restored, um, w- we should go back to that Edenic state. Where husbands, your treasure, and your uh, and your resources for providing, protecting, go towards your wife, um, and wives, you are now the helpmeet of your husband, not to be abused and stepped on, but to serve him in a beautiful way. Look at Proverbs thirty-one. We don't have time to get into it. So uh, Ephesians um, five twenty. Uh, let's go with 521, that we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, uh, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. And it goes on. So that's one of the ways that peace, when restored, uh, should look like. That's that's what it, I think it should look like. Right relationships in the family, right relationships with, with one another. Romans 12 Um even with with people that don't have your best interest at heart, that you should be loving them well and and uh, serving them. When peace is restored, all of our relationships should point to Christ. That's what we see here between the husband and wife. That's the example that 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 Paul is articulating here. Uh, that Jesus. Uh, loved the church, gave himself for her, that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, so on and so forth. He, This is like a double entendre. That he's talking about both Christ and what he did for the church and the husband's responsibility uh, with his wife. And, of course, we're talking about in the you know once peace is restored this is what it looks like this is the quorum deo having having uh you know seen god having come to terms with new heart with Christ, new person new heart right renewed mind transformed yeah. hearts we're pointing our spouse or our coworkers or our whatever it is whatever the nature of the relationship we're pointing them to christ mm-hmm. to pursue holiness yeah. that's that's our response to the peace that we've been given, the good news. Yeah. Uh, yep. Man, what a week. I, I, you know, I always feel like we just are not getting it done. And somebody may be out there going, amen. But <laughs> we leave so much meat on the bone. We didn't even get to heaping burning coals on people's head. I think that's piercing their conscience where they can, they can understand as you're kind to them and show them the love of Christ. God may use that in their heart to pierce their conscience that's that right. they may see the errors of their way, repent of the wrong that they have done. And listen, I'm not saying that sounded a lot like repent of the wrong they have done as you're so sweet. No, we're still, we still struggle with the the sin that dwells within us, right? And so we're not we're, we're not majestic creatures, being you know so kind and generous to other people. We are at again at the foot of the cross, and our kindness is is the work of the Spirit in us, communicated to the people around us that they will see that good work and glorify Father their, uh, our Father in heaven. That as we are kind to those who are hateful to us. That God may use that that gospel wrought kindness in us to pierce their conscience, cause them to repent, and by the power of His Spirit at work within them, replace their heart of stone with the heart of flesh. 
Yes. Yeah, that's the pointing them to. Christ. And that's the heaping those burning coals yeah. that now they've got to deal with, you know, we point them to Christ, which is, I, th- I think you communicated so well. So good. Well, this has been an exhilarating week. Again, let me just say, be in church Sunday. Or if your church meets on Saturday, be on church Saturday. Be there, worship, praise God, pray, lift your prayers up, sit under the authority of God's word, being rightly divided by somebody, uh, and, and just come to the throne of grace. Uh, let me just, I cannot overemphasize that. It is not the same. If the best you can do is watch it online, then so be it, but it is not the same. No. So uh, I look forward to being in, in, in the word, uh, in the congregation, just uh, corporate worship this Sunday. So until we see you on Monday, God bless. Keep opening your Bible.